0: again, he gets the edge, and he brings the court by Kawaja in the gully. Drops it at his toes and comes through for a single, for the
1: first time in the Australian summer, an Australian batsman gets the chance to kiss the
0: bat. Head down the pitch, he drives, this could be it, he beats him off. The arm is in the air already, there's nothing quite like your first test century. The Renegades have proved that nothing is impossible. Test
1: cricket. Covering cricket across Australia and right around the globe. This
0: is Stumps with Bryce McGain and Jordan Cornelis.
1: Welcome to Stumps in the middle of December. Jordan Cornelis with you. The tests, we are still in the little break between the first test against New Zealand and the Boxing Day test, which is now only five days away from now. But the Big Bash has been keeping us entertained. The men's Big Bash underway in earnest and it's been great to watch so far it's a condensed season so we've got more action more double headers more to keep and uh, more to keep us entertained with and more to seek our, sink our teeth into and plenty of money to sink your teeth into as well if you're an australian who's been picked up in the ipo auction all of that we'll discuss on today's program special guest coming up later on greg shippard the head coach of the sydney sixers but long time coach around australian uh, cricketing scenes and uh, reunited once again, Bryce.
0: Hello, hi there, Jordan. And uh, I'm really looking forward to catching up with Greg Shepherd. He's the, as I, I call him, and a lot of the players who played under him. He's the cricketing Yoda of Australian cricket. <laughs> he he is an absolute master and uh, terrific. Uh, he's a great um, batting coach, but a a, a stat, well, a tactics and stats and everything coming together. He, he taught so many players the game and I'm interested to know what he thinks about his a uh, couple of his players that he coached yeah. in Michael Klinger and David Hussey. I want to know how he feels about coaching against them now in, in the big bash league.
1: <laughs> does, does, uh, does he know that you guys call him Yoda?
0: Uh, I'm not just, sure No we you? can bring it up No no There's a few of us Have, have <laughs> sort of said it I don't think anyone Said it to his head It's not um, <laughs> okay. it, or, You know to his face It's not about the way He looks or anything like that Although he is a little Yoda <laughs> He's a kind of a, a a little wise man That's what he certainly <laughs> is So looking forward To catching up with Greg Shibbard But Big Bash is fired off And mm-hmm. Some surprises too. Some big movers straight away. Sydney Thunder. They're playing all yeah. their games right at the start. They've got another one on at the moment. Um, yeah. They're about to rock against the, uh, the Adelaide uh, Strikers, my old team. Um, but they've started off with two wins and the Heat. The bubbles burst straight away. The big signing of AB de Villiers, he's not here, but uh, there's no air in the tyres up there. They're dying for him to arrive mm. and uh, start belting the ball around for him. They're
1: 0-2. Yeah, which is surprising to me, especially the the Sydney Thunder. I looked at the uh, the squad lists pre-season and sort of evaluated what the best 11s might be and how much depth each team has got. And Sydney Thunder, I thought, oh, they got the weakest team. Because some of the you got, they got star players at the top of the order, but yep. you know, look further down, It's not many. Play, but they've won two
0: games, as you said, and they're playing their third game today. And all those guys contribute. That's the thing; they're all role players, and that's one of the things I want to ask Shippy about as well. Is you know, has it changed? Have we evolved? Is it just the best players on paper, or do we need real genuine role players? Mm. We're seeing that in AFL. We're seeing the way Richmond play their football. Yeah. Everyone has a role to play in that team, and they need to do it to the best of their ability. And I guess that's uh, the, the old saying. Which which is that the sum of the parts is greater than just the individuals, I suppose, um, and, and the whole part of it. So maybe that the the thunder have really identified what they need to perform well. Gee, they're doing it ex- exceptionally well. And our man, oh Callum yes, Ferguson, See, our man, absolutely, our man, Callum Ferguson. Since he spoke to us, we've, we've turned his career around. He's he- not stopped. He has not stopped. He'll end up the way he's going. He'll be playing in the World Cup, uh, in the T20 World Cup in uh, October, November next year. He'll be playing in that. He just can't stop scoring runs. I reckon he's trying to go out. He must be exhausted. But uh, he just keeps scoring runs. Whatever he does, he walks out of the crease and the team start winning. Uh, South Australia winning the last Shield game as well. And he's uh, he was neck deep in that. But hundreds wherever he goes to. It's great to see.
1: Is that actually a genuine question? If he does end up with the golden cap, the batter's cap, do you reckon he could actually be wearing the green and gold at the
0: World Cup next year? Well, why not? Why, why wouldn't you pick the the very best players in form that have got proven form? It's going to take plenty more games to come and there's a lot more games for him to continue to perform. Yeah. But if he's one of them, then by all means, he, he needs to be in there. Uh, it's it's a competitive market, though, the the top order of the Australian T20 team. There's a lot of players who can be right in the mixer for that. Especially after uh, after the T20s we saw at the start of the summer, when you've got the full squad in and you've, you've named your, your best 11, so to speak. It's hard it, to break into. Yeah, it's super strong. It really is. But uh, that's for something way down the track when we do stumps in uh, August next year. <laughs> we'll, we'll start... Uh, uh, well, qualifying all that. But it's it has been amazing. Great to see the Big Bash uh, b- back and around. Um, what's caught your eye in the Big Bash in particular? Uh,
1: what's well, caught my eye? Uh, I would have to say, I mean, it's been a pretty even start. I reckon the Hobart Hurricanes the other day against the Sydney Sixers. Again, the Hurricanes are a team that I didn't think... I know there were some members of the media, in particular Ricky Ponting. I don't know if there was any bias in his uh, statements <laughs> saying that he reckons the, uh, the Tassie team will make the final of the Big Bash. But... Um, for me, for a team who and they've only played one game, so it's still you know very small sample size so far. But for a team who've lost a fair amount of key players, no Drafra Archer, no Matthew Wade, or you know he's in the squad Matthew Wade, but he's going to be with Australia for most of the summer. You'd imagine. Yep. Um, and you know, going with a couple of younger guys, I know Ben McDermott's been around for a little while. Caleb Jewell had a good season last year as well, mm. cementing his spot. But I just sort of overall saw their squad as a, a slightly. Uh, probably, you know, not as much depth, maybe slightly weaker than the other teams to get a win first up. And they did it low scoring as well. They didn't score too many runs, but they they got it done with the bowlers.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. And they they really stepped it up there. Uh, I think, uh, well, Ahmed... Aquarius Ahmed, yep, four for 12 or four overs. Yeah. They've unearthed one there. I have. Th- yeah. they've, they've dug one. And that's that's a great skill of teams, I think, is identifying w- w- what gap do we need. We need a, a player that can play that, that role. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so, so important. So we might, well, ship you be able to tell us about that too. He's probably still licking his wounds after that one. But uh, David Miller's the, the another one of their overseas players as well, he will start firing up. He can really belt the ball. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. I think another
1: thing that's that's. Impressed me and look, 2020 is very different to obviously uh, to the Shield and to and even to the One Day Cup. But players who, I mean, generally you would think players who are just the better players from the domestic, from the Shield, from the One Day, you'd expect them to perform in the 2020s as well. If they're a good cricketer, they're yep. a good cricketer, uh, and normally that is the case. But the amount of players, again, only the start of the season, but the amount of players who might be considered sort of middle of the rung players in the Shield or in the one days who have taken the step up to become good players in the BBL to become key players in the BBL uh, has really impressed me and sort of heartwarming in a little way to see these guys you know make their names and I'm thinking in particular Josh Philippi in the first game yes. for the Sydney Sixers was pl- outstanding yeah absolutely a player who you know is just in and around the WA squad you wouldn't can, you wouldn't say he's one of the absolute star players of the Warriors team but he looks a gun in the BBL. And there's a couple of others as well. Cameron Green, who has admittedly had a pretty good season in WA's
0: Shield team, but another one who can step up and play a role, a big role in the BBL. Yeah, you mentioned Philippi, 81 or 44 balls at the top of the order. So he's he's another one of those dynamic keeper batsmen who, uh, you know... it seems like Australia are blessed with them at the moment. And I, I was yeah. I was thinking, it prompted me, and when uh, Lynn scored the most runs. So he scored the most Big Bash runs, Chris Lynn. Mm-hmm. Um, and terrific play, and we think of him belting the ball clean out of the gabber at different times. But uh, it got me thinking about, and, and this might might be a subject for a whole se- section, I think, for a, a show or a future show. But who are who's been the very best player in Australian Big Bash history? Now it's not that long. Yeah. But who who is it? Is it, a, is it a pure batsman? So someone like Chris Lynn, he scored the most runs. So has he been the absolute best? Or is it someone maybe like a a Hodge, a Hussy, a White who mm. who's done it um, and performed well um even before it went into franchise uh cricket and all those sort of things? Yeah. Maybe it's a batsman. But it, there's so many of the, the keeper batsmen, you know, hadn't weighed like, they were unbelievable. And now we're seeing Philippi, the next generation come through, uh, Carey as well. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of them around. So – um. and then you look at all-rounders. Is it an all-rounder? Y- y- is it a spinner? You know, so th- who, are the, who has been the best player? Would it be uh, over the
1: course from start to finish and taking into account the entire body of work or even just for a short period of time? Like, would you say Kevin Peterson, even though he was only here for one or two or a couple of seasons – um, Murley was only here for a couple of seasons. Malinga with, with the Renegade. yeah, Malinga as well. They were only there for a short time, not for the the nine seasons that we've had now. Yep. But would you would it be based on the full nine seasons and the body work over that time, or even just the concentrated short period of time? Well,
0: we've had nine Big Bash series, uh, in, as the I guess as it is now, but then before that, being state versus state, so yeah. incorporating. Big Bash history completely, just at domestic level. Big Bash, um, not not looking at international level. But who 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 are those okay. players? Who are they? Who are who are those great ones? So I think it's a great topic. Anyway, we can we can delve into that. We're not taking any callers either, so just sit tight. Um, you can't do that. Can but is it, up, is it someone who's won titles? Is it someone that's won titles? Is it a clinger or is it a Sean Marsh? Yeah, it'd be someone from WA, you'd think. If yeah, that's, absolutely. If that's the case. Yeah, yeah, so that they've been writing title winners like. Yeah. There are so many um Well, it could be a Vic great if you go
1: back pre-Big Bash League, the the old 2020 Big Bash when it was state versus state. The Vicks won four titles.
0: Absolutely. Hayden yeah. Blizzard. We think oh, about good players like oh, that yes. at the top of the order just hitting the ball. He hit it about four suburbs away one night in Perth <laughs> when we played the final. That was unbelievable. Uh, man of the match in a final as well when uh, we won over there. So, the, look. Boy, I, I think we need to open this right up. Open it up on our social media and uh, yeah. and, and really have delve into who might it be at Stumps Cricket on uh, Twitter,
1: and you can search Stumps on Facebook as well. Look for the green logo. Um, yeah, I reckon we'll put our heads together maybe over the next week or two. We could we could uh... and
0: we welcome the input as you say yeah. through the social media. We we welcome that input. Dive into that topic. I'm hmm. um, expanding on uh, on 2020
1: cricket. The IPO auction happened uh, a few days ago during the week. And uh, a
0: record, Pat Cummins. There's some cashed up Aussies. <laughs> 3.1 he could, he could mil.
1: sit on that for the rest of his life pretty much.
0: Wow, 3.1 mil. Um, Sam Landsberger from the Herald Sun put out a tweet and just said, you're doing some rough calculations. Works out if they don't play finals about 10 grand per delivery, he is projected <laughs> to bowl in 14 games. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's unreal. So is that, that's a record for any player or just an Australian Record for any player. Any player. It, that's the highest price paid. So it's like a, a house market, I suppose, in Melbourne. You just want competing people <laughs> who want it, and that's what happened. the The Australian coaches really wanted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that are looking after franchise and they just kept on bidding and bidding. They saved up for him. Of course, he can bat. He can bowl. He's terrific in the field, and he's exactly what your team want. He's the character you want to build a team around as well. So um, Glenn Maxwell obviously did very well in the auction as well. So he's a real beneficiary of that. Um, Number of Australians going through uh, and and getting some contracts there, which is exciting. Um, Yeah, 13 in total.
1: Chris Lynn was the first player taken. Uh, The usual suspects were there, as you said, Glenn Maxwell. Chris Lynn taking a pay
0: cut though. From where he was Like he, he was on Big big dollars yeah. And that was when He was at his Absolute pomp You know His yeah. best um, Just had a little Lean time last year mm. Even though he is The leading run scorer Of all time But uh, he Yeah just Maybe the wickets He it prefers the Gabba I it, what what comes to my mind with Chris Lynn is the Gabba slipping on, bounce, carry, and he's just launching them as far as he can. Maybe there's a challenge with the Indian wickets. Yeah. Maybe there's a challenge with him playing a bit of spin as well. But certainly any medium pace, boy, oh boy, can he jump into.
1: Aaron Finch, Alex Carey, Nathan Coulton-Ile taken as well. Mitch Marsh, the captain of the Scorchers, Josh Hazelwood. And then a few other lower down the order from the uh, from the, the auction order, that is. Um, Chris Green was taken. Yep. Josh Philippe as well. Kane Richardson, who was a leading wicket taker last year in the BBL Marcus Stoinis and also Andrew Tai, so uh, not too many uh, question marks, but Chris Green.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's a great move. Good move. I think he's been fantastic. I think he's so underrated. Mm-hmm. His execution. So he' tall. Can can jam a Yorker in from a spinner's point of view. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's a really, really good, smart move. I, I really like it. And he'll benefit from bowling over there at times. They're really flat wickets generally. But sometimes as the, the series wears on and later games, it can really bite. They can be really dry wickets. So he could bowl into the wicket as well. I think it's a good move. And again, it's a role player. They, yeah. the, the franchise wouldn't have a player like that. We need someone who can do that. It's a spin-up. Let's lock him in. Excellent stuff.
1: Yeah. We'll take a break here on Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you later on in the show. You might... Have A quick look ahead to the test because between now and our next episode, the Boxing Day test would have started. So time to give it a bit of a preview, I think, Bryce. But you best do that. Yeah, after this, though, we'll chat to uh, Greg Shippard, the head coach of the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash League, but long-time coach around Australian cricket, particular in particular with the Victorians. Uh, so old mates linking up here on the uh, on Stumps. <laughs> Bryce McGain is former, men- former mentor and Greg Shippard coming up next here on Stumps. Jordan Kanellis and Bryce McGain with you.
0: You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for
1: everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps here on, on uh, or on, well, around the country, not on any particular station. Bryce McCain and Jordan Canellis with you. Good to be here with you this afternoon as uh, we uh, continue on talking about the Big Bash and uh, joining us on the line here on Stumps. Hopefully we've got him there. Greg Shippard,
2: are you there? Yes, Yeah. good afternoon. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a subtly bust in, in Sydney here.
1: It's uh, Jordan Canellison, one of your old, uh, your students, Bryce McGain, who's with me. Hello Uh, to you, Bryce. Say hello to your old coach.
0: Shippy, great to be chatting with you. And we catch you in transit at the moment. Uh, Whereabouts exactly are you?
2: Just landed in Sydney out of Alice Springs. And um, it's big, subtly buster, smoke everywhere. Um, It's tough conditions.
0: Dangerous times too around uh, Sydney and all that. Uh, is, is everyone safe? I guess in your squad, um, they're, they're from all around the region. There.
2: Well, we did survive yesterday, Bryce. So that was a really <laughs> pleasing. It was forty-two degrees, extremely hot and uh, difficult conditions for both sides. And cricket, being what it is, um, we chocolates one one game and boiled lollies the next. So that was yesterday.
1: Greg, uh, what have you made of your, your two performances so far? The, the first game uh, that you played in the season against the Perth Scorchers, the, the star of the show, um, Josh Phillippe at the top of the order. Everyone was talking about him after that game, but then um, yesterday against the Hurricanes um, didn't quite go the way you wanted with the uh, with Kaya Sumed, the spin bowler of, of Hobart, doing the job and, and cleaning you guys up, unfortunately for you. But mixed results to start the season from the two games.
2: Yeah, that's very typical of T20 cricket is uh, the nature of the game. You you, you just can't rest on your laurels. You need to play good cricket consistently. Um, And terrific first game, as you've suggested. Mm. Uh, Yesterday, I was thrilled with our bowling effort to drag um, the the Hurricanes back eight for 51 at the back end. But that should have raised some concerns with our guys that the pitch was quite difficult to bat on. And we rolled the risk dice too often. Uh, with our key batters and, uh, you know, it was a disastrous uh, collapse in the middle of the order and very, very disappointing.
0: So is that just around decision-making or did the pitch actually have something to do with it where they just tried to get on top of it and maybe get some some easier runs uh, by going a little bit too hard?
2: Oh, one for 47, we were beautifully placed. Um, just the next couple of batters needed to get us to 90 with just some astute cricket and didn't and rolled that, as I said, rolled the risk dice, didn't manage their innings well enough. Um, And what happens in this competition, if your team's playing quite well, your lower order don't get many hits. So they played like they hadn't had many hits. And uh, against a a lively little leg spinner who bowled and landed the ball beautifully, um, you know, he, he was all over us.
0: Next time, what would you expect your players to do? I'm sure you would have shared a bit of wisdom with them after the game.
2: Yeah, no doubt we uh, we had a <laughs> uh, we had an interesting conversation and it was it was robust, but it was to the point and it needed to be said. So um, you know that we, we we're happy to roll like that. Captain was particularly good as, also in that circumstance.
1: Greg, what what do you do? So you mentioned before, you know, if your top order or if you're batting well, your top order normally stays in for most of the match. The bottom order doesn't get a go. How do you try and um, combat that or counteract that through the course of a season? Do you look to <laughs> maybe rotate the order from time to time to let the lower order come up and maybe come in one or two spots higher? Or do you try and just stick with your guns anyway and just hope that they've practiced well enough?
2: If we were two or three, you know, wins in the first three or four games, then perhaps you can play that game. But uh, again, we need to make sure that their training and preparation, you know, they're really focused on the challenge and don't waste the ball in the net.
0: So, Shippy, as... Uh has the Big Bash changed? Like, obviously, we're into the ninth version of uh, the franchise Big Bash, and and you coached uh, clearly with the, the Bush Rangers before that, winning four yeah. out of the first five titles. Has the game evolved so much now? Uh, and and what changes have you seen?
2: Oh, I just think that the, the players are, you know, understand the challenges of the game better. Even though you would suge- suggest yesterday we didn't look like we had, mm. however. The, the batsmen at the top of the order, the, the attacking nature is, is is beyond what it was when it started. And and the bowling groups I think are a lot cleverer, uh just in terms of their match ups, in terms of their balls that they want to deliver to shut batsmen down. Uh, you know, they they're doing a great job from a bowling point of view. So I think there's been great advances there, uh batting three sixty degrees hitting as we're seeing teams, you know, prepared to roll that sort of dice from ball one.
0: Have you evolved your coaching as the game has changed? Because you, you, you're primarily now a, a, a T20 uh, head coach. Mm. So have you evolved how you go about it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure back in the day with the Bush Rangers you'd probably say step and hit it straight down the ground. But uh, as part yeah. of your throwdowns, are you getting the guys to paddle and sweep and,
2: and oh, ramp yeah. and things yeah. like that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you need to move with the, with the times and the, and that's where the game's at. And, we're, you know, we've got 120 balls to score and, you know, 80, 80 scoring shots is the minimum these days to be successful. So you need to have the players in you know, a frame of mind to be scoring and finding ways to score every ball. So, um, you know, we encourage that. And uh, the cricket... Is still all about fundamentals, being able to deliver uh, the stroke or the ball that you want to bowl and get it in the area and to match the field that you're setting. So, you know, there's there's cat and mouse going on all the time.
1: Are there times, Greg, where you uh, will tell tell your players not to perhaps go out with the the big, uh, you know, flourishing and exorbitant shots right from the start? Does it have to be controlled how many times your batsmen play the sweeps and the paddles? Do you have to sort of control that, yeah. that creativity?
2: No, we don't really get involved that, you know, that much. Uh, we, we have combinations of players. If you think of Hughes, who's a perfect foil for young Philippi, who does play quite freely, and, and that's his nature, and that's his batting personal, personality, and uh, he's done particularly well with that. Uh, we've got a few more calmer guys through the middle, in Vince and Moses, Henriques and Silk. So, you know, each team has those sort of combinations to to get the job done. And normally we've been a really reliable team in chasing. So it was disappointing for the group that we delivered that performance yesterday.
0: Should be leadership is so critical in T20 and, and captains can really win and lose you the game, can't they? Just with their, I guess, their decision-making, the strings mm. that they pull and the strategies and their ability to yep. under-pressure cope with that. Are, are there some, some leaders at go specifically, boy, he really gets the game and uh, that's a big advantage for that team?
2: Well, as you know, I was very fortunate to have Cameron White as our captain of the Bush Rangers through those early periods of T20 cricket and he was what I would describe as not a good captain but an elite captain. And I think in Moses on we at uh, the Sydney Sixers have that same sort of guy, as you said, know when to pull the the, the fielding moves, the bowling moves, how to read the team. Uh, you know, he's an outstanding leader. But in, as well, we've got Jason, we've got Silk and, and Hughes also uh, to provide, you know, leadership backup and. I'm thoroughly impressed with young Tom Curran as well from England, who at 23 or 4 just brings amazing leadership to the table.
0: Well, that's good. You've got leaders all around your group to to help guide and, and hopefully pull the right strings. What's going to be the next move for the Sixers? What's coming up? And uh, what can we expect after being one-on-one? One?
2: Uh, Flyback. We just landed in Sydney and we're playing the Heat tomorrow. So it's a jam-packed schedule. Um, which I've made some comment around as well in the early phases, uh, but let's let's take on the heat tomorrow. See where we go. Hopefully we're two and one. What play is it on Christmas Day and play on Boxing Day? So it's it's all happening.
0: So it is flat out and it's in and out. So there's not a lot of I guess game preparation and get your head around and have a day's rest or or whatnot. Um, what have your comments been around that that type of scheduling?
2: Well, I really would have thought that the best preparation for players in the competition would be where scheduling could to have a two-day break between games. So where we travel today, we don't play tomorrow. So that basically was where I was coming from.
1: Is that, Greg, is that that noticeably different from last season where they've the Cricket Australia have condensed last season's schedule to be yeah. in a tighter time frame than, than this season. Is that more noticeable this time around?
2: Oh, absolutely. Last year we had some four, five-day breaks, one seven-day break, which was over the top. So I can understand that they wanted to narrow the schedule, but we probably uh, narrowed it by a, a week.
0: In terms of, uh, you must be a pretty proud... Obviously, you're coaching, you're focusing yeah. in on the Sixes. We understand that. But you must be pretty proud yeah. as well. A couple of players that you coached are now coaching against you in David Hussey with the Stars and Michael Klinger with yeah. the Renegades. How, how does yeah. that make you feel, other than old?
2: Uh, yeah, well, very old, <laughs> very old, that's what it, what it means. Uh, but, yeah, look, I'm delighted for them to see them come through. And uh, as well as those two you mentioned, who I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting in the competition, but, you know, Interacting with Brad Hodge in the media yesterday and the last couple of games he's been away with us and Andrew McDonald coaching for Australia. So uh, Cameron White's probably putting a playing coaching role in South Australia there. So, yeah, look, it's it's pleasing to know that uh, I guess they've been given my foundation of ideas. Then they can play off that and do it their way.
0: Yeah, look, do do you still... uh keep in touch with him in a bit of a mentoring role does that continue as part of uh what you do now
2: yes i do i talk to um david and others around coaching and uh and maxi Klinger and i are due to have a coffee whenever we do get a spare moment
0: is that something that you think is a bit of a gap in coaching in australia
2: so, sorry, can you repeat that again?
0: Yeah, do you think that's been a bit of a gap in terms of the mentor roles, the ongoing part of it? Uh, coaches just seem to get into a role and, and, and continue on. Do you, do you think there there can be more done for the coaches to help them with their, their career and their growth?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That is a great opportunity for Cricket Australia or indeed the States. And I do play that role in for Cricket Victoria with our coaches of the Elite Youth Programme, so it's um, you know, they're a step ahead, as usual, the Victorians, but more globally around Australia. That, that is a great opportunity. I call that the coach's health check. So um, I would look forward to run a little program around those sort of issues in the future.
1: Greg, are there opportunities for coaches to um, come into assistant coaching roles and have a, a major impact? I know with footy, for example, and footy might be a bit overkill because it seems like there's... 10 or 20 coaches in a coach's box in an AFL match, but do the coaches in cricket, the assistant coaches around the state teams and the 2020 teams, do they have maybe the same impact and input as what other sports might have?
2: If the head coach is a wise head coach, then they have a massive impact. So, you know, I'm very pleased with Andre Adams as our bowling coach up here, and Gavin Twining, uh, from a batting point of view, have, have a super impact with our players in preparation and also yesterday in strategy break.
0: How do you go about selecting your coaching staff?
2: Uh, well, I, 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 again, up in New South Wales, there's some coaches that were in the system up here who were in, I was encouraged to use and I was pleased to use them. So, um, you know, I'm essentially using a New South Wales based coaching panel. That
0: makes a lot of sense. Uh how does this sit with you, Greg? You've got enormous respect around Australian cricket. Um, are you comfortable with the title of Australia's cricket Yoda, as in the wise person to actually implement and lead the players? How do, how do you feel with that?
2: Uh, oh, well, I'm not sure how to feel about that. I, I'm happy to just share, I guess, my experiences. Um, I guess I started in 1977, 78 at this first-class level and, Still chugging along, so I've, I've seen every generation on lots of decades. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to continue to provide you know ideas and advice to whoever wants to listen.
1: Greg, are you able to hang on the line? We need to get to a break. Would you like to stick around and have a, a bit of a broader chat about Australian cricket after this?
2: Um, I'm in a difficult situation at the moment, so um, I'm in this. Yeah, I, it's difficult to explain where I am at the moment.
1: Well, that's okay. We can finish it up here then, Bryce. I know you wanted to ask Greg a, a few questions about the Australian setup and cricket in Australia in general.
0: Yeah, we might get back to that another time. Another Greg. time. We right. really appreciate you um, giving up your time. You're obviously in transit at the moment and, uh, and and looking to get home safely. So we, we really appreciate it, Greg. And good luck for the rest of the tournament with the Sixers. Um, we look forward to more success coming your way.
2: Yeah, thanks very much. It's been great to be on Stumps. Uh, It was a show I listened to all the time when I was down in Melbourne at this time of year. So uh, good to see you still moving forward.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Greg. Cheers. Greg Shippard there, the coach of the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash League. One win and one loss from the first two games of the season and on to the Brisbane Heat next. We'll take a quick break here on Stumps. Jordan Kanellis and Bryce McGain with you. And uh, we'll chat about things after this and maybe look ahead to the Boxing Day Test too. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps here. Jordan Canellis, Bryce McGain with you. We've uh, been chatting Big Bash League all afternoon so far here on Stumps and we'll preview the games a little bit later on. But we'll also preview Boxing Day now, Bryce, because that's coming up in five days from now and probably the biggest test of the summer. Um, and there's a bit to to get sorted out, I guess, with both teams, having a couple of niggly injuries, uh, one, Already confirmed for Australia. We know Josh Hazelwood from the previous tests would be ruled out for this, so definitely one change for the Aussies, and perhaps another one for one or two for the uh, for the Kiwis with uh, Lockie Ferguson's injury and maybe another bowler or two. Um, firstly, for for Australia, um, is there an obvious right off the top? Is there an obvious replacement for Josh Hazelwood? Yeah, no doubt.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Done,
1: the- done the old microphone. It yeah, but- uh, Doesn't work. You unplugged your mic, Bryce. Back here, I'll swing my mic around here. Go answer the question.
0: Not sure what I've done there, but uh, look, I think obviously it's James Pattinson uh, for the MCG. Uh, He's absolutely outstanding uh, and has been at the at, at the MCG all all for the Shield Games. This year, so he's an obvious uh, choice there. I think with Peter Siddle coming into the squad, just a bit of cover there, just to make sure that Pat Cummins, because he's had a heavy workload, and also uh, Stark will be okay. There's no way that they're going to put their hand up and say I need a rest from a Boxing Day. So it is the biggest test uh, in Australian summer. It's the biggest test around the world. This is the one that every player wants to play. Every international wants to be part of the Boxing Day test, and I have no doubt that James Pattinson will be the only change for for Australia.
1: Was it an obvious change for, uh, for Victoria to, oh, sorry for Victoria, for, for, um, Justin Langer to bring in the Victorian bowler, Peter Siddle for, for the, uh, for the MCG test. Was that, I mean, he said it was the obvious choice. He's got the, the runs on the board, I suppose, from, from an Australian, uh, perspective having been in the team for, for the ashes. So was that the obvious, um, the obvious choice to bring him in for that extra cover?
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, it is an obvious choice there. But for the New Zealanders, look, they've got some challenges as well. But what it does allow them to do is have Trent Bolt come back into the team. He was just a whisker away from playing over in Perth. So the the left armour and probably their main left armour, Wagner, was unbelievable, this line-hearted effort. But I have no doubt he would have been... Pulling up stiff and sore, he's bowled uh, just about fifty overs of bumpers at the Australians. So that takes a lot of effort. So that'll be the change there. Uh, so Trent Bolt coming in, and the, there is word around that they may change their batting lineup. Maybe it might be an opener as well to um, to come in and and, and, re, and replace maybe some players that might be a bit out of touch. But uh, look, the conditions, and I've said it for a few weeks now on stumps, but the the conditions are going to be very suitable, I think, the MCG uh Perth being so different to what the New Zealanders are used to, but the, the MCG is going to be a bit more the uh, like uh, the New Zealand wickets. It's not won't be quite slow. It's been an improved wicket, uh, except for that last Sheffield Shield game. But uh, that one aside, the wickets have been pretty good in the Shield game. So, look, I, I think New Zealand are, are in with a really good chance. I, I have no doubt that this test will be going down to the fifth day with probably both teams able to win at that stage. So how do you reckon
1: the – how will it behave, the MCG – wicket then
0: well the key the key to the wicket is uh, that well obviously they tried to juice it up a little bit and see how much moisture they could allow in it uh, for the last shield game but the previous two shield games that Victoria played there there was some real bounce there There was some seam uh, there were some really good uh, I, I guess cricket conditions out there the the Queensland versus uh, new uh, the Queensland versus Victoria game went right down to the wire. That went down to the last session, the last hour, uh, and there was a result there with Queensland getting over the line. And the New South Wales game uh, w- was equally as good uh, in terms of the wicket and the way it performed. So, look, oh, and that game was a draw just because there were so many overs lost on the day three. So, look, I'd suspect that uh, it, it will be a, a terrific wicket if the bowlers. is um, – Put in there will be plenty of uh, movement there for them. It might with the hotter weather we've been experiencing around Australia. It might dry out a bit as well. So day four, day five, the spinners will come into their own for sure.
1: The New Zealand side, Lockie Ferguson, will miss the the rest of the series. It appears. Um, I don't think he had all that great of a test in on uh, in Perth. He came in his you know his first test debut was a bit wild, maybe uh, battling with a few uh, a few nerves. Um, did. What did you make of, of his first test firstly and, and who will be in line to replace him, you reckon, for, uh, for Melbourne?
0: Well, certainly Trent Bolt comes into the line there. And look, I don't think they lose anything with that. They wanted to bring some firepower in, obviously someone who can bowl 140. Trent Bolt can really get it up there high 130s, can be sometimes over 140, but his ability to move the ball and he'll get some seam and bowling, his experience will put the ball in great areas as well. So I think it... it, it, it as much as they, they would love to have someone there bowling express pace and really uh, challenging the Aussies, uh, I don't think they'll be too disappointed to have Trent Bolt in the team. So
1: how, do, how do both teams approach this test then? So what what does Australia... Does, that, does Australia change anything in how they approach it? Obviously, it's a different wicket, so there might be some change there, but um, is, it, is it, are we going to see you know markedly different cricket?
0: Look, it, it, not necessarily. I, I think, uh, you know, I think... With what we've seen so far this summer, Steve Smith uh, in the tests has uh, probably underperformed. So I'd shudder a little bit for New Zealand in that Steve Smith might settle his way in. He loves... Boxing Day test matches, he loves scoring hundreds at the MCG, as does every player really. And I guess another question is, you know, Manus Labershane, can he continue scoring hundreds the way he has? Three in a row, can he be four tests in a row? He'd love to be able to do that at the MCG in the form of Dave Warner as well, like, has just been sublime at the top of the order, 330. Uh, just exceptional batting by him. So, Look, I don't think there'll be too many changes for Australia in terms of the, the way they want to go about it. They'll want to bat big. They'll want to bat um, safe and sound, I suppose, uh, as well, because, uh, th- th- as I say, there will be some seam, um, which is a bit unusual for the MCG, but there will be some movement there. So, look, it's it's going to be a ripping test match, and there's nothing better than the, 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 the Boxing Day test in Melbourne. A huge crowd on Boxing Day, but it continues on. Day three, uh, you know, day, three day four, there's still... Thousands and thousands of people, um, you know, the Melbourne public really do get behind it. It is a showpiece of the uh, the cricketing summer.
1: I was a little bit, um, I was a bit taken aback, I think, by the criticism of Travis Head and the just even just the floated possibility of him being dropped for the rest of the series. I know some people were saying that. Some people were saying, oh, Justin Langer might be considering dropping Travis Head. He made a 50 in Perth in the first innings. He was the second highest scorer for the Aussies. He's got a pretty good average, he's batted not bad in, in tests and I think he's part of a even if he's not the absolute highest run scorer in the t- in the team and he's not, I mean as much as you would love all your batsmen to get consistent big runs that's not always his job I suppose when you've got guys like Warner at the top of the order, Stephen Smith and Marnus Labuschagne making the big runs if that can just be supplemented by a 30 or a 50 or a 60 by the lower order bat or the middle order batsmen like Matthew Wade and, and Travis Head which Travis Head did do in the in the first innings in Perth, and that's that's fine. He's done his part. Australia put on a big score in that first inning. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where the where the questions are coming and and what the motivation behind these questions are for dropping Travis Head. And the other thing is keep continuity in the team, keep the same team because there are too many players and too often now in these modern times, the players now looking over their shoulder at when am I going to get dropped? When's the axe coming? And I think just keep the team for the entire summer if, it, if you're winning games and we've got three and zero so far record. Keep them in for the rest of the series.
0: Yeah, Jordan, you're spot on. And I think that's so important is that the the, the security that the players feel as they feel part of the team. Uh, we saw Manus Labershain. He didn't have to go and play for Australia A before the first test uh, that was played in, in Australia. He came back from the ashes. He was guaranteed, you're going to be playing. You're going to be batting a three for Australia. So you'll be fine. Just go ahead and do that. So he played a, he played all the rounds of shield cricket, but he didn't have to go through that, that batting group that was playing for maybe one or two spots. He was just assured of a game. And I think that gave him a lot of confidence that people believe in him and I I, I don't think that can be underestimated the the benefit that can have in performance of players I think with with Head... there is talk about him going out. There certainly was, and uh, maybe that's just the media going. Well, other people are performing. Why aren't you doing well? A fifty, I guess. What Travis Head wants to do and wants to play the role at number five is moving the game forward for for Australia as quick as he can. Batting five, batting aggressive, probably takes on a few few more risks. And sometimes you go, oh, gee, he's just gone out again. Like he just had him by the scruff of the neck, or whatever it might be. And I think sometimes he goes out in that way, but he's doing it in a way that he's looking to push on and build the innings. Um, look, I, I think he's very valuable. The only change that they might do is if they want to bring in an all-rounder to share the bowling loads. And if they want to do that, then one of it's either Matthew Wade or he would be the ones that might be missing out. I can't imagine Labuschagne going up and opening the batting. So they'll, they'll definitely stick with Burns and Warner, Labuschagne at three, Smith at four. And then that, that five and six roll, if they wanted to bring in an, some bowling cover, then that might be the case. But with Nathan Lyon doing so well, Labuschagne can bowl some league spin. They've got enough options to, to mix it around, I think. Uh, to to cover any extra overs that we might have for uh, you know the the old school all rounder which we use we were trying to find with Mitch Marsh for a lot of overs but really only bowl six to eight overs uh, maximum in an innings I think we can cover that with other with other options
1: Stumps here Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you we'll come back on the other side of this and uh, we'll preview a bit of what might is uh, what is in store for the Big Bash over uh, both today and the next coming days here as we uh, get the Big Bash season underway in earnest. This is Stumps, coming back after this to wrap things up. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps. As we wrap things up this afternoon, we look ahead to the Big Bash action coming up, and uh, one game live at the moment, one game coming up later tonight. But the match on right now, Bryce, uh, the Adelaide Strikers, after two and a half overs, find themselves two for 14. Their their import, Phillips Salt, out for a five-ball duck. Not a great way to start his account.
0: No, not for my strikers. Uh, So, yeah, struggling along there, but things could change pretty quickly. We know that with T20. So it's a Sydney Thunder home game. It's at Marnica tonight. Uh, And then there's a late game on as well, Perth Scorchers and Melbourne Renegades. Renegades looking to bounce back.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and they need to. And then I think they can too. Look at their, their batting depth. I've got star players all the way through, Aaron Finch, Sean Marsh, Tom Cooper as well. I mean, that, this is a team that should, the reigning champions, you would imagine, should do well.
0: Yeah, Sam Harper at the top of the order as well is pretty dynamic. So, uh, look, I, I really like the Renegades for the tournament. But, uh, it, it, look, it's it's hard to pick it. And early on, we, we see these things so so often. Teams drop off. Uh, like the Heat have done, they're 0-2, but there's no doubt when they play their next game, they're playing the Sixers uh, uh, tomorrow. They're playing Sydney Sixers at their SCG tomorrow. There's every chance that the Heat will bounce back just out of nowhere and, and get back on top. Um, We spoke to Greg Schipper before. He's, uh, yeah, a a bit melancholy after uh, their Mm. performance, I suppose, uh, in how they went uh, at Alice Springs. So he'll be looking to bounce back. And the Melbourne Stars, they play another game tomorrow as well. They're playing the Hobart Hurricanes, and that's in Mowi. Yeah, Regional. A regional game in Mowey. So the Ted Summerton Reserve in Mowey will be absolutely heaving as the Melbourne Stars and Hobart (laughs) Hurricanes get down there. I don't mind the
1: initiative for the Big Bash, and they've done it a bit already to go into some uh, regional or remote places. So we had the Alice Springs game yesterday. There's a a Canberra game today. Not that that's regional, capital city, but... Uh, Moe as well, Geelong a couple of times. So I've gone to the Gold Coast. The Brisbane Heat have moved, moved a few of their home games to the Gold Coast. I like the spread. I don't mind the spread.
0: No, I like it as well. And on Monday, the Adelaide Strikers at home to the Perth Scorchers at the Adelaide Oval. That will yeah. be a huge one leading into Christmas. I'm sure that most people in Adelaide would have wrapped things up Uh for the for the I guess their Christmas break and all that sort of stuff, all the kids can turn up. It's a great lead into Christmas, so that will be. And there's nothing better I can tell you than the Adelaide Oval packed supporting the Strikers. It's a great feeling. What
1: was what were your predictions for the Big Bash before I uh, before we say goodbye? Oh, it's a bit boring. Isn't
0: it? I, I think the Renegades are there. I like the Strikers' list. They're they're yeah. a really strong list. I love and, and Greg Shearer touched on this as well. Cameron White. He is an elite leader, an elite knowledge about it. Not just a good captain, an elite. So he's world-class. He's going to make a big difference in there, not only with his performance himself, but what he can add in terms of that leadership.
1: In uh, 20 seconds, Bryce, will we see Steve Smith, Josh Hazelwood and all play in the Big Bash for those who are contracted?
0: Highly unlikely, I think. It's been a heavy workload for them. Mm -hmm. I think it's unlikely. Pat Cummins isn't playing any big bash cricket. He's having a break in amongst the tests, even though he is the highest paid ever (laughs) IPL player.
1: Excellent stuff, Bryce. We'll do it again next week, and uh, we'll be in the middle of the Boxing Day test by then. It's going to be huge. Good on you, Jordan. See you next week.